Tommy Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the T in your Tilo, Tom Fitzgerald, and I'm here with the low in your Tilo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband. Hello. I want you to know I do little shoulder movements when I do that every week, <laughs> when I do the introduction. And oh the thing God. is, I, we, just, I just noticed that you are, yeah, yeah, you do. I do little <laughs> shoulder movements. Oh my um, God. The thing is, and I've said this before, the, I don't know why oh. we have this introduction. We don't have to open the show the same way every single week, but we just fell into this. No, I don't want the pressure of having to have a different one than Fair. Every, every week. No. But um, the one time we did a live podcast when we were on our last book tour, um, I actually had to address the crowd and say, listen, I, I need to close my eyes in order to do the intro because looking at all of you is just going to screw me up. Right. Uh, and it's the same. I can't tell you how many times we've had to stop recording because I screwed up the intro. Right. Um, so, yes, I do these little shoulder movements to make sure that I don't, you know, it's so funny. It's so weird. <laughs> oh, my God, I know. Um, but I don't know, people, I guess they expect us. I don't know. Sound off in the comments, people. Are you tired of hearing this no, intro? No, no, no. I, I, I honestly. Not, oh, God, I, no, actually, I'm not changing. Come on. I'll come up with something new. Something All right, that's, that's on you. You can just be, we're Tom and Lorenzo, and I'll just be like, that's right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's us. I think in the beginning, we used to do oh my our God. own, like you would be, I would be, I'm Tom, and you would be, I'm Lorenzo. Oh but my I, God, no, that's no, cheesy that as is, hell, no. What, are we popping up out of boxes or something? <laughs> okay. Anyway. We have things to discuss. The most pressing is the Riceboro affair, the Andrea Riceboro affair regarding the Oscar nominee. We're going to talk about the Oscar nominations generally, but I think most of our discussion will center on this mm -hmm. because we have lots and lots of thoughts about this slowly unfolding scandal, which is not yet over. Um, but first, let's talk about no um, Poker Face. Yes. Poker Face is the new... Um, TV series from Glass Onion and Knives Out uh, creator director Ryan Johnson and um, uh, Natasha Leone from Russian Doll and uh, Orange is the New Black. Um, it is modeled on classic uh, uh, television detective shows like Columbo. Very much taking a, it's taking a lot from Columbo, even though she does not play a detective in this. Um, but it's classic uh, episode of the week. You know, one one murder mystery per week. It's not actually a mystery. It's you you see the murder at the top of the hour. But um, it's a basic detective story each week with pretty major guest stars. Like yeah, every yeah. guest star is a every recognizable episode, yeah. actor. It's mm -hmm. not some you know, and that's very old school. That's very Columbo. You know that, and um, she could not be more perfect for this role. I feel. And uh, the first four episodes dropped on Peacock yesterday, I believe, or the day before. Yesterday, the 26th. Anyway, they're out there now. I've watched two. Lorenzo's watched one. So this is not a full series recap. But I honestly feel like, or review, I honestly feel like you're going to get it in the first episode. Either you're going to love this show right. or you're not. And I sincerely do not believe that the quality will drop off in subsequent episodes. It's pretty much, you get mm -hmm. what you pay for, right. they deliver it, and it's probably going to be like that for the rest of the season. So I do feel comfortable saying, giving it a big thumbs up after having it's, only... It's a great production. It looks great good. Great production. She's amazing always. Yeah. Um, she just has that quality, man. And she, yeah, she sparkles. She's so yes. watchable. Yes, so she is. So incredibly well, that, that's, watchable. That's a very good way to describe her. She's very watchable. She you can can't... pop a tap yes. on a beer can and you will stare at her doing it because yes. she does it in an interesting way. And I'm literally describing a scene here. And I think they did a very good job. I've only I've only watched one first episode. I think the first episode is really, really good. Spectacular. It's a, it's a great way to start all uh, of those yeah everything was a set including that casino floor oh my god really and what right he was talking about it on his we follow him on twitter uh he was saying these because it's a one and done story these massive sets are built and then they move they're I never know. used I again know. i know so there's money in this production i don't know how much but um, it's, it's a great the first episode i thought it was now that we've been to vegas you know i have a better understanding yeah yeah uh of how things are there um it's just so great. It's it it's just it's like life in Vegas. It you know Well so, it show was not set in Vegas. But it, the it first does feel like was. like that that casino life, let me right, put it right, that right. way. It's just the way, you know, people second episode is set in Arizona. Yeah. Or New Mexico, I'm sorry. Anyway, people working for for the casinos, you know, that yeah, whole yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that part was fun. It, it's just fun to watch and, and you cocktail know, I, waitresses and right. security. And I all worked that. in uh, in the hotel uh, industry. I worked for hotels and, and it's kind of the same. You know everybody, uh, you know, and you 
okay, have that kind of relationship with them and you know what's going on and all the gossip and all that. One of the things that um, you either just happily accept in a show like this or you feel that the show has to somehow explain, think of like Murder, She Wrote, uh, is why is this woman always around murders? Right. Um, And it's not that the show explains it it really doesn't but it does sort of lean into the idea like she just goes she's out on the road and she keeps falling into these murders um it's a very old school way of. it's very old school but the one i do want to talk about the one narrative element that it's in the first two episodes and i based on things ryan johnson has said i think they're all like this i haven't seen the next two this, the episodes start off with a murder, and you see it. You see who did it. You ex- it, it actually leads up to, it shows the whole thing. It introduces the victim, it introduces the murderer, and it explains why the murder happened. So you're never in the dark uh, as a viewer. But then in the, bo- the two episodes that I saw, I just loved this. The murder happens in the first 10 minutes, and then the show backtracks and does a flashback, and it shows you how her character, Charlie, not Natasha Leone, is involved in this, and, she, and you didn't even know it. That she knew the person. Right, right, She right. either knew the victim, or she knew the person who's who's going up on charges for the murder, or somehow she she's not involved in it, but she's on the periphery. Right. And sometimes, in the first episode, they they show you scenes that you've already seen, and you realize, oh, she, she was she in the was background. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even notice you her, but she know. was in the uh-huh. background of that scene. And that's great. That keeps you invested in in the, in seeing how it's going even though you already know that the murder happened you're and you're just waiting for the murderer to get caught right um the joy is in watching her uh, navigate the story and right. watching it unfold in the various twists and turns on, along the way and she's so great at leading you know she's just a great leader she's great as, yeah, she's, she's, she's such a she, personality yes yeah she you know you can watch her all day i mean she's really good and there is a hook the hook is that she is uh, and this, I guess, partially explains why she keeps getting involved in these things. She has a gift where she always knows when people are lying. And they don't treat it like she's psychic. She tries to explain it. And it, it I, I don't believe that this is scientifically sound in any way. But the explanation kind of holds water. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. Which is that she just reads people. people. She's yeah. very good at reading cues. And she said, I can't describe it. You know, I just know when someone's lying. And her... Apparently, her record is 100%. She's never been wrong. She, this is, and I'm not giving anything away. She had a career as a gambler. That's why she's called, it's called Poker Face, because she initially made some money just going around and, right. and winning all these games because she always knew when someone was bluffing. Um, anyway, it's Natasha Leone. It's Ryan Johnson. It's a string of guest stars every week. Amazing stars, by um, the way. Yeah. Uh, Han, you know, you missed. I know. Hong Chow is in the second one. I know. I missed And she's her. amazing. I, I will of course watch it, she is. obviously. Um, Adrian Brody is in the first one. And I got to say, that guy is so sleazy. And, and there's some things about him that are problematic. But he delivers every time he's on screen. I right. think about, um, what was the Wes Anderson movie that he was in uh, where he played the... It was just out oh, last year yeah, where yeah, he yeah. played the prison guard, the French prison guard. Oh, my guard. God, yes. Oh, yes. no, he wasn't the prison guard. He was the art dealer who went into the prison. Yes. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh he God, was that movie's so... Awesome. Anyway. Good. Oh, the um, French Dispatch, that movie. Anyway. Fully recommend? Yes, I... Absolutely. I, we're I not doing... It. I don't think we're doing recaps of it or anything no, like that. it's not that. The kind, that kind of show. I don't think so. Anyway. Any kind of show can be recapped, but there are certain types of shows that I don't like recapping. Right. That's what I mean, but um, not like we've never done, kind of show. Like, yeah. I'm always amazed when I see someone write 1,500 words on a 30-minute sitcom, and I'm like, maybe that's overkilling it just a little bit, but then again, I don't know. I write 3,000 words on, on The Last of Us or, so, <laughs> or on a dress. Yeah, so who am I? to criticize so anyway poker face it's on peacock fully highly recommend it's it's actually a joy to watch it feels very old school loved the first episode yeah there was a scene in the first episode where she's in a stairwell trying to get away from someone and i'm like this looks like and they weren't trying to be cheesy about it or anything i don't think so but they're uh, clearly the production is very self-conscious about the idea that this is not a film it's a television so it should look like a television show and she's in this stairwell, and I'm like, that could be a shot from any show from 1975 to about right. 1995. It's it really just well looked done. like yeah. that. Um, yeah, and the set design is amazing. And I, I, um, she's not playing 
a character she's played before. The thing about Natasha Leone is that she's so distinct that no matter how hard she Her works voice too. as an actor, yeah. she she is only going to ever really be able to play certain types of parts because you, you'll never believe her as, say, someone who's never touched a drop of alcohol or someone who doesn't smoke or something like that. It's in her voice. It's in her affect. Mm-hmm. She's she's lived a little. She you know, And so she's always going to play a, a certain type of character. And because Natasha herself... There's a great Seppenwall, Alan Seppenwall interview with her in, in uh, the Rolling in Rolling Stone that I think came out today and um, online, and she's very self aware of the fact that right. uh, you know the New York comes out of me, my voice sounds. She's talked about seeing a footage of her on the Tonight Show from like 20 years ago and being shocked at how much her voice changed since then because of 20 years of drinking and smoking. Um, and I, all I'm saying is. I was wondering about this character because I knew it wasn't going to be set in New York and she wasn't going to be in the same milieu as like, you know, Russian Russian doll. Is. I mean, she's so perfect in Russian doll. She's like a living avatar of New York City. That, in that is show. True, very true. And I think the New Yorkness is very dialed down here. Uh, in fact, I really leaned in. I'm like, I think she's suppressing her accent. I don't think she's really doing a New York accent right. anymore because it's not, it's set in like Las Vegas. You also Vegas. get better at what you do, you know, so be, as an actor. Yeah. yeah you know, but so. she's still playing that same wisecracking sort of, right. you can tell she's had a, not a hard, well, she's done some hard living. What's all, there's no other way to put it. Um, and I like that this character, Charlie, it is not a retread of previous characters that she's done. It doesn't feel like the character she played in the, le- in, um, Orange is the New Black, and it doesn't feel like the character mm-hmm. she plays in Russian Doll. It's unique and of itself, even though the same voice is coming out of her. Um, anyway, anything you want to add to that? No, that's it. I, I can't wait to watch more. I, I, I only had time to watch one episode, but I, Passed I, out last night. I absolutely loved the first episode very much. Well, we've been doing some um, crashing to trying to get uh, the last of our... Uh, Oscar films right. viewing in. We weren't up on everything, especially because of the Andrew. So we've been like binging films every night this it's week. It's just too much. <laughs> it is too much. But you know what is not too much? Mm. I know. You know what I'm going to say. Yeah. My Bombas socks. Winter is better with Bombas. They make thoughtfully designed clothes that make you feel cozy at home, supported during outdoor activities, and good knowing that for every item you purchase, they donate another to someone in need. Uh, socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the number one, two, and three most requested items in homeless shelters. That's why for every comfy item you purchase, Bombas donates another comfy item to someone experiencing homelessness. Every item is seamless, tagless, and luxuriously soft. Bombas are the clothes you'll want to cozy up in all winter long. True, true, true. I, uh, they are the best. They absolutely are the best. wear them yeah. every day. I mean, when I tr- go to the gym, yeah. I wear my athletic socks, and then when I come home in the cold weather, I put on my Bombas wool socks. And if I have to put on a suit, I put on my Bombas dress. And they're doing, obviously, an amazing job because they have expanded. and It's not yeah, just yeah, yeah. socks anymore. But it everything is incredible. The fit, the yeah. the, the quality of, of everything. It's, and yeah, we see them out in the wild more often. I will yes, see someone yes, wearing yeah, Bombas yeah. socks. And if it's someone I know, I'm not weird about this. If it's someone I know, like family or friend, I'll be like, oh, Bombas socks. When did you get them? I have that pair, that sort of thing. Um, so they use the softest materials like merino wool, pima cotton, and even cashmere, which makes them the perfect cozy wintertime layers. Their slippers are soft on the outside and even softer on the inside, thanks to materials like fuzzy Sherpa. Are you a winter jogger, a skier, or snowboarder? Bombas makes temperature-regulating clothing so you can feel more comfortable doing what you love most. They got you covered. So go to bombas.com slash TLO and use code TLO for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-L-O and use code T-L-O at checkout. Thank you, Bombas. Okay, so Oscars, Oscars, Oscars. Before we get to the best actress scandal. Let's get to the basics. Let's let's do the basics. We're not going to run down the... You can go see all the Oscar nominations on our site. Um, We're going to do the majors and just talk about a few things in each one. So, performance by an actor in a leading role, Austin Butler and Elvis, Colin Farrell in The Banshees of Inishirin, Brendan Fraser in The Whale, Paul Mescal in After Sun, Bill Nye in Living. I have only seen Elvis and The Banshees of Inishirin. The Whale, I know, I really, really have been putting it off, mainly because um, the... 
the story of a depressed, suicidal, obese gay man is just, I'm not really feeling a rush, even if the acting performance is good. Well, I'm, it, it's been sitting on our coffee table. <laughs> yeah, I just haven't. I know I will. I will watch yeah. it before, because Brendan Fraser appears to be the odds-on favorite here. Everyone, I'm, I'm sure he's, he's going to win. I mean, everyone is talking about how great he but is. But everyone's yeah. also talking about Colin Farrell. That is true, but I don't know. I just feel like, you know, the classic story here, the comeback, you know, victory, right. blah, blah, blah. You know? He's owed this or whatever. Yes. And I mean, I'm not I'm not poo-pooing that or, or being dismissive about that. He had a rough time. He was sexually assaulted and it ruined his career. Um, and also, you know, the Academy and everybody else, they love when they change their body, you know, they gain weight or do whatever. Uh, well, he put to, on a fat suit. So. But even so, yeah. you, you transform, you change your, your appearance, you know, for a role. They, they all love that. So, um, Austin Butler and Elvis, I think this is a wildly, wildly oh, overpraised yeah. uh, bit of drag performance. He's got the voice down. He's got the moves down. I get it. Um, but I just, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel blown away by that performance. I feel like it's a very good, solid performance of mimicry in a movie that's all bombast right. and show. Um, I'll be happy with Colin winning, uh, obviously, because I really liked the, uh, his performance. But I have a feeling it's going to be Brandon Fraser. I, I think so. I actually, as much as I love Colin Farrell in this film, and he's been so freaking charming throughout uh, award season so far, the few... Um, uh, speeches, acceptance speeches he's had to make have just charmed people, and that's that's how you campaign. Um, but I still think it probably should go to Brendan Fraser in this one. Just by the way people talk about this right. role, mm-hmm. it is devastating. It's a devastating performance. I'll probably watch it this weekend. I have also heard amazing things about Paul Mescal, and we do have a screener of After Sun. So oh my God, we do do. Yeah, right, we right. do we do do. So <laughs> I don't think we have a for Bill Nighy. So I don't really know that much about it. But um, I don't think there were major people. No, that was supporting. The people were talking about Paul Dano in The Fableman's not getting. But I don't think there were any major upsets or snubs in this. Do you? Uh, I can't think of any. I'm no, sure there I are can't. some. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I think, and this is generally true, is that the best actor list almost never gets these sort of scandals that uh, tend to plague um, best actress lists. Um, okay, performance by an actor in a supporting role. Brendan Gleeson in The Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway, Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans, Barry Keegan in The Banshees, uh, Kihui Kwan in Everything Everywhere All at Once. By the way, backtrack, uh, all of the actors in Best Performance by a Leading Actor are white. Feel that that needs to, because of the way these things shook out this year. So there's an all-white male um, Best Actor lineup and actually no one's really been screaming about that one because like i said it's the best actress one that always gets the most attention um okay among these um we have brian tyree henry who is black and kiwi kwan who is um uh, vietnamese i believe um and again these things are notable because there is such a racism issue Mm -hmm. that hangs over the nominations almost every year and it's going to um inform some of the things we're going to say later about the Riceboro problem. But of these, I don't have... It's Kiwi Kwan, right? I How mean, is it yes. not him? Yes. I mean, it has to be him. I mean, his performance is amazing. The I, press, I, the push, the the love that he has of the, by the right. industry. I, I, you know, I love Barry uh, Keegan. So uh, do I. I think he's an amazing actor, and he does a fantastic job in the movie, The, the Banshees. But... It, key just i mean he made me laugh he made me cry it was just that kind yeah, of performance it, it was, was an amazing performance all, yeah he same was with brendan gleason very good performance do not feel and i'm fine with him getting nominated but mm-hmm. i do not feel that this is the one that needs to win or is going that's to true. win. that's true i also feel that judd hirsch i think the nomination was inevitable because he uh is elderly and he was nominated once 40 years ago and the academy just loves shit like that i felt that his performance was a big piece of um almost minstrelsy it was very over the top jewish uncle kind of stuff and and i i wasn't that impressed with it mm-hmm. it was okay it was okay um i but i didn't love the fablemans as much as the critics did we, we neither one of us did yeah well that's another story um do you have anything no snubs I... there was paul, paul dano in the fablemans which i did not think was i didn't consider that a snub did uh, you? No, not he really. He played the father, and no. I no. Everybody was very bland in the in the I fable. Agree. Yeah. I agree. Everybody was bland, bland, bland. Uh, very vanilla. Um, nothing special to me. 
Uh, well, we did praise Michelle Williams at the time, and we said it was an Oscar-worthy performance. Yes, we'll get to that. Yes, but still, if you compare it to other things, then other people. Um, going to skip over Best Actress for a bit. Uh, performance by an actress in a supporting role. Angela Bassett in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow in The Whale. Carrie Condon in The Banshees of Inisherin, Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything, Everywhere, All mm-hmm. at Once. And Stephanie Sue in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And... Um, pers- I was a little surprised that Jamie Lee was in there, but I was also surprised that Stephanie was in there because a lot of people were afraid that Jamie Lee was going to get nominated over her. Mm-hmm. I do think that Stephanie see, gave the better performance. They, she did, but Jamie Lee Curtis did a very good job. I mean, and like, she's an institution. Yeah, I mean, like watching her perform in this movie, I was like, wow, you can really go there. You're not afraid to experiment no, or do not. things that you know you normally do. I, I thought it was a great performance. Um, but I feel like Stephanie, Stephanie was the daughter yeah. in that film, and she was yeah. I mean, the whole film rested on her, and she I had agree. to play multiple versions and right, everything. Right. Um, well, actually, so did Jamie Lee. But I know, but but still, I agree with you. Her performance was better, but they both deserve the nomination. That's what I'm saying here. I think Angela Bassett is going to win. Um, yeah, I don't think Hong Chao was even in consideration. I think it's down to. Yeah, I don't know. Carrie Condon? Carrie was amazing, but if you have to compare in terms of performance, I think Angela Bassett's performance was far better. I don't think there's any question that Angela's going to win this, but Uh I um, I'm trying to figure who is who might be an upset here. And I'm thinking either Carrie, uh, especially if uh, Colin and Brendan don't win. Mm -hmm. Right. uh, Or Stephanie might be an upset here as well. Um, but I think it's more than likely that Angela Bassett's going to win. Right. One of the things I want to talk about in this, and this will be when we talk about Best Actress, is the politics and the um, the the sort of PR that the uh, we're talking here and moving things. moving everything because Tab is Tab Hunter, our gigantic twenty pound male cat. He's on top of all the equipment, recording equipment, walking and his way through. So it. we're like talking and moving things out of the way so he can he does sit. not understand. He's like, oh why God. are you sitting here yelling at each other? Anyway, um, so I completely lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Oh, it should be noted here that. Oh, yes, I want to talk about the social and political stuff that tends to inform a lot of the decisions that uh, voting members of the Academy make. And that's why I'm doing things like this, pointing out that there are three out of five non-white nominees in Best Supporting Actress. Um, Angela Bassett, Hong Chow, and Stephanie Su. There is an unprecedented number of Asian acting nominees Mm -hmm. this year. It's an historic number, actually. Um, And again, I'm pointing this out for a reason. Put a pin in that. We're going to get into that later. Uh, Okay, not doing any of that. Let's do best picture, best picture, best picture. Best motion picture of the year, all quiet on the Western Front. Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fableman's Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking. Do you want to note that Women Talking was nominated, but the director, Sarah Polly, was not? Yeah, which I don't understand. Like, how can you do that? Uh, it, it just makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the, um, and it, I'm disappointed she wasn't. Um, there were quite a few female directors who were shut mm-hmm. out uh, this year. And, and, and mind you, I think, the only reason why... Uh, uh, female directors are included. That's uh, more often at this point is because they increased the number of nominees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they oh, look at the list. It's a long list. If it was only five, yeah. No, um, I doubt very much that these women would right. Have been so included. there's ten people on the best picture list, but only five on the best directing list. So there you go. I mean, it's structurally meant to shut out directors of films that are considered among the best of the year. It's a very strange setup. Uh, and let's just do Achievement in Directing while we're here. Achievement in Directing, Banshees of Inisherin, and Martin McDonough, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Daniels, The Fableman, Steven Spielberg, Tar, Todd Field, and Triangle, Ruben Ostlin. Um, so going back to Best Picture, that means All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, Elvis, uh, Top Gun Maverick and Women Talking were all shut out of director nods even though they were nominated for Best Picture. Right. Um, of note here is that, um, like I said, several uh, female directors were left out of this. Uh, not not just Sarah Polly, but Gina Prince-Bythewood who did uh, The Woman King 
And um, I'm sorry, I should have looked up her name ahead of time, the director of uh, Till. Um, and they were both, <coughs> excuse me. Um, they didn't get nominated. Yeah. Chinonye Chukwu uh, is the director of Chill, uh, uh, Till. <laughs> Chill. Uh, and they, they were both, and uh, Gina Prince Bythewood and Chinonye are both black women. Again, I'm not normally like trying to keep a list here of who's black and but white it, and Asian, but yeah. there's a point here that we're going to get right. To, I mean, if and you, a pattern. If you pick ten number ten uh, movies and and then you pick t- uh, five directors and none of them are are you know uh, women women or, or people or, of color or uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, th- there's a problem here. There's a serious problem here. So we're leading up to the main event here, which is um, the That's best it. actress. Uh, nominees. Let me get to them. Okay, so it's Kate Blanchett in Tar, Anna de Armas in Blonde, Andre- Andrea Riceboro into Leslie, Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere All at Once. <clears throat> now, all through award season, two of the most buzzed performances, and they were nominated for a bunch of other awards. Right. Were um, Kate Blanchett. No, um, Viola Davis oh, um, oh, in The Woman point. King uh-huh. and Daniel Deadweiler in yes, Till. Yes. Both black actresses, both in films by black female directors, both in films that deal with issues that, not issues, but it's completely it's not, centered around black identity. Like they are not, they are extremely black centric films. Right. Um, and they were shut out. Um, now, the big scandal was that Andrea Riceborough. Uh, got a nomination, and this film was not a heavily buzzed film throughout award season. In fact, it became a bit of an online joke because in the last two weeks, suddenly there was this massive campaign, uh, quote-unquote grassroots campaign, by a bunch of actresses to push voting members of the Academy Mm -hmm. into nominating uh, Andrea Riceboro's performance and everybody was kind of goofing on it and making fun of it and you know what is happening here because it was a lot of copy pasting of the same message over mm-hmm. and over again and we're talking actresses like Sarah Paulson, Gwyneth Paltrow, um, Frances Fisher, um, there was just a bunch of them that were hosting event- uh, Kate Winslet, they were hosting Q&As, they were hosting private screenings and then they were going out on social media and saying hey, if you're a voting member of the Academy please consider Andrea Riceborough into Leslie. And everyone kind of joked about it, but she got in and two very... And I should note that Andrea Riceborough was not nominated for a bunch of other awards the way Viola... Like the SAG Awards, BAFTA Awards, right. that sort of... The Golden Globes, Critics' Choice. Um, and it, the perception immediately was that this... Uh, and, you know, Andrea Riceborough is white. She's a white British actress. Uh, the perception was immediately that this white actress with all of her white actress friends pushed out two highly celebrated, mm-hmm. highly buzzed, and expected black actress nominees. And because going into this season, the buzz was, oh my God, this is going to be the most diverse Oscars ever. There's going to be multiple women of color in the best actress category, multiple you know, uh, women of color in the directing category, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And it didn't pan out. Um, when this, I'm just doing a lot of setup here. We are going to bat this around. When this first dropped, this whole Andrea Riceborough thing and the anger and the backlash against it, first off, yeah, I was a little appalled that the Viola and Danielle were not in there. Um, but my first impulse was to say, well, you know, and we tweeted this was that, you know, campaigning happens. Everybody campaigns Mm -hmm. in in one way or another. (laughs) And there was an immediate sort of, narrative that um, black actresses like Viola Davis and Danielle Deadweiler do not get the benefit of campaigning the same way that white actresses do. And my, again, my first impulse was, as someone who covers this, that's not entirely true. Viola and Danielle have been at multiple events, have been on multiple high-end magazine covers, have done all of the talk shows. Um, there were events hosted in honor of them. Whoopi Goldberg. I went to Getty Images and did a search on both actresses' names to see what well, what have they been doing? Has it have they really not been out there campaigning? But like Whoopi Goldberg held a held a Q and A for um, Till with Danielle Deadweiler. Whoopi Goldberg actually has a small role in the film. Um, 
there were parties thrown in honor of Viola Davis, and she was given awards at these party achievement awards and that sort of thing. They both showed up at like the women in film, the women in entertainment. The, you know, right. they were both on the uh, Hollywood Roundtable, those THR things. They were both, uh, I think, featured in Vanity Fair. So, um, if anything, their um, their campaign was a lot more ambitious than Andrea Riceburg's right. at first glance. Reading about it more, reading other people's perspectives, and then a few things that came out in the past day or two, I have kind of completely done a, a 180 on this, and I've changed my mind. It is possible. It is possible to change my mind. And now I'm like, yeah, no, this is actually starting to sound dicier and dicier. And I don't think there's anything wrong with actors campaigning for their friends that mm-hmm. way. The way, But this... Um, smacked of being far too organized to be grassroots. It wasn't just women, you know. And there's no denying, when you line up all the actresses who supported Andrea Riceborough, they are, to a woman, white. And a lot of them are major A-listers, like Kate Winslet and Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, these are women who, when they speak, Hollywood does tend to listen to them. Right. Um, even Kate Blanchett mentioned it when she won the the last award that she won. The Critics' Choice. I, I think, think it was Critics' Choice. She singled out Andrea Riceboro, her fellow white actress. And the point here is, as many black commenters and black um, culture writers have made, is that there are no actresses out there championing Viola. She may get magazine covers. She may get the institutional yeah, support. I think. I think. Yeah, I have so much to say about this. Go ahead. I'm going to shut up. I think the 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 main message here is that yeah, let me support my 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 kind. It's the same thing as yep. It's the same thing as gay men, white gay men supporting white gay men and forgetting about trans people and the other queer people. Right. So the same thing here, white ladies, white support, feminism, white ladies supporting white ladies and forgetting about the rest of right. the the people in the same category in the same group. Um. So that that's what you see here. I mean. I am totally fine with campaigning for your friend. I mean, I don't see a problem with that. But when you do things like Frances Fisher did, uh, she, I don't know, she put it on Instagram, I think, or tweeted about it. She did it, it both, yeah, yeah. Um, all her socials. So she pretty much told people not to vote or not, not bother or not worry about uh, Danielle uh, and Viola uh, because uh, they, they're going to get nominated. Danielle, Viola... Kate and Michelle. She said, don't worry about yeah. any of them. Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Three of those women are women of color only. And, and she was dismissing their chances. Right. And you know, that's not true. That is no, not, it's true. not true. That's, that's not, not true. That's not how it works. It's voting. I mean, you vote. Right. And, and these people are voting. You have to remember that the for the Oscars, uh, you vote in the same category. For the nominations. You for vote. the nominations. So like, it's uh, only actors voting for this. Yeah. Except for best movie. Everybody votes. But... Uh, you vote for, you know, your branch, your branch, your category. So, of course, you're going to vote for your friends, or of course, you're going to support your friends. That I understand all that, but when you go out of your way right, right, right. on social media, the worst people, I mean, the worst place on the planet, um, to campaign for your friend for one against performance, women of color, and then and campaign against women of color i mean as a white person with power in hollywood i mean come on let me just reiterate here it's not like oh uh, you have to have black people in the category you have to nominate them because they're black no i feel that they should have been nominated because they were so widely nominated throughout award season it there's a re i mean that's how it works in award season so they're um they're not being included in this it really stands out um, and the fact that you had, because, you know, they get, just so if you don't know, they get screeners the same way we critics, you know, um, get screeners. They do get screeners. Right. So allegedly they watch these movies, but, you know, we've, we've heard many stories of, of they, they don't even bother watching the movie. They don't the even movie. bother. Um, so they just vote however they feel like voting. So, yes, I mean, in, uh, Howard Stern was, uh, it's friends with the director of of. Uh, to Leslie and right. uh, he went on and on about how great the movie was on, on his show I'm not saying you're not allowed to promote it you you can promote but 
but again, uh, when the, it's this massive campaign to nominate a white person and this undertone, this sort of like underground, <laughs> you know, uh, message that you shouldn't worry about the other two because they're they're right. locked. Right. They're not. They're not. You have to think about it's. I don't know. I don't know what they do. What am I saying? They do think about these things. They just don't do it the way they're supposed to do. Right. Because if you look at the category, you only have five women. Okay. Right. So you know that Michelle Yeoh and uh, Michelle Yeoh and uh, Kate Blanchett are going to be nominated. Right. So we're talking about only three categories right. left here. So you campaigning for a white woman and forgetting the other two. Right. Uh, and you know. I'll get to the to their actual performances later, but I'm just talking about you know how you think as a member of the uh, academy. I mean, how can you not think about all these things right. um, and and it just go out on social media? I mean, I mean, if you want to promote the movie, if you want to promote her performance, you know, do it quietly. I mean, just do it with your friends or whatever. Well, I want to add something here, which has come out in the last couple of days. Uh, this was not really as grassroots as it sounded. It was studio funded, and according to the Hollywood Reporter, it may have they may have spent as much as six figures on this whole push in the last two and weeks. And I wouldn't be surprised if it... so. Uh, we we need to stop looking at it as right. um, merely friends supporting friends or cohorts supporting cohorts. It was a hundred thousand dollar campaign. Right. push in two weeks to get a bunch of white actresses to support another white actress and get the voting to go a certain right. way I mean, well it won they won but um this is shady as shit and supposedly the academy is going to investigate whether yeah. or not it was entirely and it's going to go get, by the rules it's going to get to nothing um they don't want this controversy no, they really don't yeah, yeah well they say they they investigated and they came to you know nothing i just, um, i'm sorry go ahead yeah i mean you have to remember i remember gwyneth uh paltrow when she won her oscar i'll never forget that because it was a horrible performance and she won anyway the campaign behind it that Right. It was insane right. to nominate her. Uh, and that's when it was my first experience with it. I was like, wow, that's all the money, you know, all that promotion behind. Because you have to remember when, when an actor wins, that means everybody's going to go to the movie theater the next day to watch that movie or see that movie. Right. Because it, it's it, money. It, it promotes the movie. Right. Um, so, yeah, the people making the movie are also behind all this support because they want to make more movie right, the next right, day. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's money, it's promotion, they're promoting the movie, and I understand all that, but when you do things like they did, um, you know, right on social media, where everyone uh, can see how shady that is, um, and it's just bad, it's just bad. I, I mean, you look at what they did, uh, and uh, and you think, you know, you can't help but think like, well, imagine if you put all this effort into promoting undervalued work in Hollywood, you know, in We're general. promoting a black actress. Viola Davis is the leading actress of her generation, right. and she doesn't get that kind of support from right. white actresses. No, and then you say, well, why aren't the uh, black actors doing the same? Well, look they at, are. Are they you are. kidding me? They, they are. are. Right, they are. But look at the numbers. Right. And look at the power, right. you know behind uh, this people. people are going to listen to kate winslet people are going to listen yes. to gwyneth paltrow that's the reality of the situation yes. Yes. when you get them on board your pr campaign it blows everybody else out of the water i mean i'd like to also mention uh kiki palmer performance it was which was incredible oh the yeah i did that's another thing is that nope was shut out and this all adds to the certain idea that um that the academy just feels like they can only nominate so many non-white people per year right. and no matter how good the work is if you're not the top 3 black whatevers or bl asian whatever you're not getting nominated right. because we have to always have three times as many white people in the category as people of color listen we vote oh, wait let me just I, say this i don't i'm not defending a freaking thing about this but i do think we have to be clear about who is at fault here uh and at least in the um nominating of of the actors it's the actors and it's a relatively yes, small pool yes. of voters i i my understanding is that there's only like 2000 and less than 2000 actors voting in the academy so we're talking about 2000 people or maybe 1500 people are responsible for these acting nominations and they really fucked it up they really fucked it up right um now i want to talk a little bit about let me just finish here I'm sorry, let me just continue here with the you know with your thought here that 
Yes, you can say, you know, Viola was even in Brazil because, you know, there's some Brazil Portuguese thing going on in the movie. Uh, so she promoted the movie. You can say that these people were everywhere promoting the movie. Yes, but you were promoting the movie, which means that you, you promoted the movie so people can watch the movie. But people watching the movie are not going to vote. They don't have the power. It's still part to of vote. their campaign. Yes, though. I understand because then actors who vote. We'll we'll see it all the time on their computer or on their on their phone. Right. I understand it's that about building buzz. It is building buzz, but at the same time, you are voting. You have the power to vote for your friends to vote for whoever you want. Um, and I have I, I sincerely doubt that most of the time these people are voting basically on performance alone. I oh my doubt. God, no! If you yes. read any of those uh, Hollywood Reporter like blind interviews uh-huh. with Vogue yeah. Academy, the things that they say about why they picked certain it's films is yeah. just, they they're yeah. We've said this every year that we've been covering the Oscars. It is not an arbiter of quality. Um, it is a popularity contest. And that is no more clear than this whole Andrea Riceboro thing. Now, having said that, we immediately rented the film the other night because we didn't get a screener. This, this is what I mean. Like, we have screeners for everything, but they didn't send this because out. I know was... they sent it out to Academy members. But, right. Um. So we rented the film. It's, it's you know, it's on all the... You can rent it just about anywhere. I gotta say, it's a stunning performance by Andrea it, Riceboro. It, it is an absolutely stunning performance. It's it a is, very cliched performance. It's, you know, the typical white woman, alcoholic white woman, blah, right. blah, blah. It's a very cliched uh, character or performance. But she does a fantastic job uh, with whatever she was given. Um, Amazing it's a, job, Yeah, actually. it's a very small... Uh, movie in terms of like there's not much no and it is absolutely a cliche from beginning to yes end. it is everything about it the story and how you know, it ends everything it ends, about everything it. but she, her performance is incredible and you have to remember she's not american and she's doing this incredible uh performance you know with you know with the accent with the uh you know mannerism everything about her is just perfect for the character yeah so she i We'll sincerely say here that um, honestly, she deserves she deserves a nomination for she that. She does. She does. Um, if you really have to think about it, I mean, I would nominate her over Michelle Williams and uh, Anna, Armas. Anna de Armas. Yeah, in a second. Yeah, I totally agree. So people are are blaming Andrew because what 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 happened and what was going on, but you know. Take a look around. I mean, and you you know, Michelle Williams gets nominated. Why? Because it's a movie made by who? You know. Uh, Spielberg. Spielberg. And yes. I mean, if we're going to throw, start throwing blame around, um, everyone felt that Michelle Williams should have been a supporting part. She should have submitted her uh, role as best supporting, but she felt she had a better shot. And she had to defend this in all these. And well, well okay, but you. Well, that's the other thing. You got your shot, but two right. very deserving uh, black actresses were dropped. That's the other shady thing about this nomination. It's like, okay, I have a tiny role, but I'm going to go... The role wasn't tiny. No, my, I'm, I'm giving you an example here. So I, I have this small supporting role here, but I'm going to go as an actor because I have a, a better... Yeah, a lead actor because I have a better chance, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's all such a, a horrible game it's all and politics. shady and gross game. And yeah. I do want to mention two things. If you... Um, Again, this is not to defend anybody. It's, if anything, it's to sort of highlight some fucked up thinking. Um, if you read any of those blind interviews with Academy, yes. it's just appalling every year. It's rage-inducing. But it's also a little hilarious because nothing, nothing will get you further, quicker to believe that uh, this is all meaningless than reading those things. Now, it's of great meaning to careers, but, yeah. but ultimately, um, as an arbiter of what are good and good films, right. what are good and good performances, these people are fucked up. But they also bring a lot of weird baggage to it. Well, we all bring baggage to shit. And I, uh, having watched Till and The Woman King, we never reviewed them on this podcast. We didn't get a chance to. Uh, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. Both those performances are stunning, stunning, stunning. And I think most of the directing on both films is is worthy of a nomination. However, I think both of those films sometimes lap into cliche just as lapse into cliche just as much as um, Two Leslie lapses into. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot about um, Till, which uh, 
really just checks off lists of Jim Crow slash civil rights era dramas. Like, you've got to have this scene, then you've got to have this scene. And it wasn't... And a couple of times I was like, you know, she's amazing. But some of these directing choices I'm I'm having a problem with. Similarly, uh, when it came to The Woman King, I really appreciated it because it was... And I want to say this about Till and and the Woman King. They are both examples of um, almost very specific genres in filmmaking, which the Woman King is an historical epic, and the um, Till is a civil rights drama. However, they were both directed by Black women, and they both specifically made this from the pers- for the perspective of Black people. It, it, it was, there was no white gaze in these movies. So uh, there are scenes, in, for instance, in Till, where I really felt like this is for a Black audience. They are in, really indulging the, mm-hmm. the, the Black audience here, which, of course, is perfect. It's fine. I'm specifically thinking of the um, funeral scene in Till, mm-hmm. the church scene, uh, because I was like, I know, watching it, I was like, I know a lot of white people, and I put myself among them, do not have experience with what black church life is like. And I really felt like that scene was for the black audience members because I could tell it was having, it was designed to have a deep emotional effect on those audience members. Um, that's not a, that, th- these are both good things. These are, you know, the, the fat, but I feel like, um, the Academy has a tendency to reward films like that where the white gaze is central. Uh, and I say this about um, The Woman King, where it, there were a couple times where I was watching it, I was like, this actually looks like uh, like a David Lean, Lawrence of Arabia, grand historical epic kind. It looks like that. Right. And I mean that as a compliment. But there's almost no white people in it at all. In fact, I think there's one who actually is an actor. Right. You know, there's a few I- in the background, but it is purely black perspective it's a historical epic mm-hmm. about black people by black people for black people and i think stuff like that puts off the academy yeah well i understand all that and here's my take number one uh, i go to netflix every day and i see there like the the 10 most watched movies the 10 most what well that's not i mean okay let me just finish here sorry um so my point is that you know, I understand when you when you base uh, success on on the audience, the people watching the movie. But we're talking about professional people here, and uh, they are nominating professional the best. Oh, I agree. So, as a professional actor, you should know better. I agree. You should know better. You should have the ability to uh, to nominate great performance. Period. Right. Uh, right. And and go back, going back to what I said. Yes. Most movies about black people are about black stories uh, because there's a, in general, uh, the big, you know. Yeah, um, we don't we, give black directors that much room to tell their own stories. Well, that's what I'm saying here. When you give them a uh, an opportunity, they're right. going to go with whatever they feel as part of their history. And right. that's why you see, I, I make the same argument with movies from the international movies. When you see a movie from Latin America, when you see a movie from Europe, you you can make the argument that they tell the same stories. And it's it, it's always the same type of story from that type of country. And, I agree. And social and political uh, you know, environment because they're not given the opportunity. We're talking about making ten movies a year as opposed to ten thousand. Uh, my point is that when you don't get that many opportunity as a minority or as you know a non-white person, right? Um, you, I mean, you you tend to focus on whatever is going to work or whatever is going to be successful in your mind, right? As opposed to be a white person in Hollywood and you can make a movie about whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. So there's a difference here. I understand all that, but as going back again, as a performer, as an actor voting for your as someone in the industry. Yeah, voting for your own category, your work, for voting for people uh that do the same thing you do, you know, for best performance. It says right there, best performance. I mean color shouldn't matter. Right. Uh your friends or whatever, you should be a little more professional and then pick the people that give the best performances. I agree. I um yeah, I I, uh, I can't give away. There's a long-term project we're working on that has to do with cinema, and I I had a don't give it away. Please. No, no, but I had a long discussion about um, black films, uh, you know, black-centric films, um, and what kind of story. I had a long discussion with a black culture writer about this. I I can't. I'm sorry, I'm being so vague. 
But one of the things that came up, I, I said, I, uh, this, this thing, I, I keep coming up with these films, and half of them are slave stories, and the other half are like gangster stories. And, and she immediately said, it all goes down to what kind of, yes. what kind of films get made. Yes. So what kind of films yes. get made about black people, yes. and it's civil rights, yes. gangster films, and slave stories. Um, ha- and I, I think this might have played a part Again, I'm not excusing anyone because it goes back to what you just. This is some fucked up thinking, and you should and you should rise above it. Um, but I do think that there is a common criticism that the Academy only loves black people uh, if they're slaves or if they're Jim Crow era. And both of these films, I, I mean, they're not slaves in, in The Woman King, but slavery is a big part mm-hmm. of it. And in fact, there's a, a little bit of a scandal surrounding the film because, you know, the warrior women of the Kingdom of Dahomey, they're, they're, they're historical. They're, they're, you know, you can look them up. But uh, they have a very dicey history because they were, uh, for centuries, involved in the slave trade. They were selling their fellow African people off to to, to Europeans and Americans. So, and the film deals with this, um, but I do feel like it tries to give them a more heroic background than they actually had in history. And I don't know. I don't know if that fueled. I, I live. Um, Viola had to come out when the first when the film first came out and actually defend why the film was made. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I wonder if some of that didn't have something to do with it, with her not getting the recognition she deserved. And similarly with Danielle Deadweiler. Again, these are not excuses. I'm just trying to explain the fucked up thinking of the Academy. Um, I I think they. They looked at oh, it's just you know another civil rights movie, right. and, and well, that's that, that's a story with minorities in general, and anyone who isn't white, you have to you have to take advantage of the wave, of, right? You have to you know the zeitgeist or the the trend at the right. moment. I think uh, that Korean show, what, what's the name of it? I forgot. Very successful one on Netflix, um, Squid Game. A, a Squid Game. Yeah, thank you. So I think all that kind of like prepare. Uh, the success or, or help the success of everything, everyone all at once. Well, that's so, how Hollywood thinks. It's yeah, like, well, oh, exactly, okay, we'll do exactly. Asians Well, that's what year. I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. So it's the Asian time now. It's Michelle, you're always going to win, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe another time we'll, we'll, we'll give it to more black which people. Which is why... Or Latin yeah. people and so on. That's how it works, which is gross. The same thing with the fashion industry and covers. Oh, there's a black model on the cover of a magazine. Oh my God, we're going to have a whole issue dedicated to male, to black models and never do it again, ever. Right. Uh, so Halle Berry won Best Actress yes, 22 exactly years ago or something and no one's won it since so when you hear someone like Kate Blanchett which uh, annoyed the hell out of me when she I forget where she says that you know um, she really doesn't care about awards because you know they're meaningless or whatever bullshit she said no lady you have a ton of them already you are extremely respected by the industry yes you don't deserve they're meaningless them. to you yeah but you forget what happened with Halle Berry as you mentioned and I was going to mention the next day when she won the whole country was talking about that woman uh, because it was so. It was such an important moment in, right. in, in the, the dress history. went down in history. The, yeah, the dress. Everyone was talking about that designer. Uh, everyone was talking about her winning an Oscar as, as an African American woman. Right. I mean, these things fucking matter. It doesn't matter to you in Australia, in a big house, you know, full of trophies. But it matters to a lot of other people. So I. That kind of stuff just just pissed me off. I, I want to say, if there's one thing you can define about Viola Davis's career, especially in the last 10 years, is this has been her goal. Right. And it has very clearly been her goal to break down this barrier. I don't think there's a black actress working right now who has made, who has so specifically mm-hmm. made choices and done the hard work in right. order to break that barrier again. Um, so, yeah. Kate Blanchett, maybe they're not important to you. And yes, we just said here that these things are not arbiters of quality, but um, they do change careers. And it is quite clear that Viola Davis has placed a significant importance on getting that. She's already won Best Supporting, but, you know, several black actresses have won Best Supporting. Several black actors have. But it is extremely difficult to get a that best yeah. actress well, trophy. You, you you become a goddamn movie knight. You know, you, you add that to your title, Oscar winner, whatever. You know, Oscar nominated so and so. I mean, it, it is something that you, you know you you were proud of, and it changed your career um, most of the time. Uh, but anyway, it's just annoying. You see how it works. I and, do want to. Uh, I'm sorry. And it's just you know, it, it's frustrating to see great people like. Uh, I really liked Viola Davis's uh, performance, but 
if I had to choose uh, Daniel Deadweiler's uh, performance, just, oh my God, blew me away. I mean, I was crying. This is what I wanted to I get was to. crying with that woman. There are moments, there are scenes that I couldn't even watch it because I was like, I can't, I can't watch this anymore. Yeah. It, it's Her performance, so, really. Yes. Danielle Deadweiler is, it is an absolute crime that right. she was not nominated. But, um, Viola, I'm gonna again step in it. I I think Viola is a deserving nominee. I do, and I thought she was going to get nominated the whole time. Um, but I, uh, and I definitely think it was a better performance than Anna de Armas, oh my God, and probably Jesus. a better performance. And I loved Michelle Williams's performance. But um, if if I was picking. Um, I would have Andrea Riceborough and uh, Danielle Deadweiler in mm-hmm. over Anna de Armas and Michelle Williams. I, I really liked Viola's performance, but it is not the same kind of performance. Like Andrea Riceborough and Danielle Deadweiler had to plumb the depths of just despair and degradation, mm-hmm. and they had to bring it up in ways that were... Um, you know, that just affected you as a viewer. That And those are the kind of roles that the Academy tends to love the most. That wasn't true of The Woman King. It wasn't that kind of role. She was playing a heroic, historic, even though she's a fictional figure. So it was more about being mm-hmm. extremely powerful, extremely charismatic. And Viola is so good at that. She is. Mm-hmm. So you you absolutely cannot take your eyes off her in the film. She is. It is an extremely strong, powerful performance. But I remember thinking with the first time I watched it that there was going to be some big Oscar mm-hmm. moment scene. Um, and there isn't. There isn't. And that's the th- I think that's the difference between, I mean, a lot of people give great performances, uh, but I think there's a difference between being amazing through an entire movie as opposed to great scenes. I right, mean, Ana right, right. de Armas, yes. Yeah, I can think of a couple of things where she was amazing. She was great, but, but yeah, it, not the entire I movie. I would never give her the Oscar Same thing for with it. Michelle Williams. I can think of two scenes that when she is dancing and, and when she's crying, I don't want to give anything away, in, in the room with her son. Those two scenes are amazing, but everything else is just bland and boring. Uh, now think about Danielle uh, Deadwater. My God, the, inter- the the first second until the last minute of the movie, I I just want to hug that woman. Not only that, but she there's a scene early in the mil- in the movie before the tragedy happens where she is sitting at a table with two other women playing cards, and you know they're just talking. And I turned to you and I said, "Look at how those other two women just." fade away in the scene mm-hmm. because you cannot she is a star and you cannot take your right. eyes off of her the same thing with Michelle Yeoh she's in, she's amazing throughout the entire goddamn movie right Kate Blanchett same thing right um, I so, don't dispute any of no, those no no I don't now now if Kate Blanchett wins I will disgrace. burn Hollywood down because that is in, insane that will be a disgrace but anyway um but that's it. That that's how it is. And and you know, you can say, well, you know, these things don't matter. They do matter. They not matter. They matter to the winners. They Absolutely. matter to the people involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Decisions are made based on how much a money how much a movie makes and how much uh a movie was talked about and all right. that stuff. Uh that's how you get the next project. That's how you get the next uh, paycheck. It's and that just tends to be why people like Steven Spielberg and Kate Blanchett just probably don't need another Oscar right now yeah. because it's not going to make turned, a difference to their careers. She, Kate Blanchett is turning to a Meryl Streep in terms of laminations. Just, just give her anything. Yeah. Which I'm not saying she's not talented. She's extremely talented. But when you have 10 people to choose from, I mean, right. you should be a little more thoughtful, I yeah. think. As, I agree. As a member of some sort of group. Um, anyway, that's that's my take. I think we've covered it all. The only thing I I mentioned to you before we flipped on the mics is that there was a um, a video. I don't know if it was the, the Hollywood Reporter. I think it might have been Vanity Fair, where Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett sat down to talk to each other, and I was. It made me a little nauseous because Michelle was so conciliatory to Kate and so in reverence toward and and the great Kate Blanchett and how she wanted to work and hopes that she can work with and I'm like you know I'm sorry I love Kate Blanchett too mm-hmm. but Michelle Yeoh is a fucking legend and she should not be she should be strolling in there with awards under her belt with 20 million dollar paydays for her movies but she's not 
because Hollywood doesn't give her right, those. Right, and what, much of what she has dis- discussed and Ki Hui Kwan has discussed during their campaigning is just how much they've been shut out simply by being Asian. Be- even though they did great work, they did legendary work, he was in iconic films, it went nowhere for him. Same thing with her, is that fucking Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But she spent long stretches where right. Hollywood wasn't paying attention to her, or she couldn't get... she. She doesn't get the opportunities that Kate Blanchett, you know, just sneezes and gets. Right. And it just, it was so, I don't blame Michelle Yeoh for being in awe of Kate. I mean, I would be in awe of Kate Blanchett if I sat down with her um, or wanting to express working with her. But I just felt bad for her that she was in a position where yeah, she you're couldn't. you're in that position, yeah. Yeah, you are a peer. Right. You are a fellow nominee. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be this way, but I understand why you are. Right, right. Um, and that, to me, illustrates how fucked up Hollywood is about um, creators of color. You think they're this diverse or progressive, and they are the absolute opposite of it. They, The hill that non-white um, creative people in Hollywood have to climb is just unimaginable to the average white people in the same industry. Right, right. And I think... That is exactly what happened with Andrea Riceberg, where a bunch of actresses, I mean, they weren't they weren't trying to unseat a couple yeah. black actresses, but they got so caught up in their white friends, yes, but when, and they never stopped to consider that they won't do this kind of thing for... Right, but when you go out of your way to say, you know, so-and-so are locked, don't worry about them, when right. these two people are black women, and, you know, vote for my white friend, that is just out of control and, and just clueless or, or, or just you know mean i agree and 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 irresponsible anyway i think that's it that's it well, all right just 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 uh uh the last of us uh is getting a second season so we're very excited about that yes. keep keep reading us we're loving the show and the third episode is coming up on sunday and it's absolutely amazing please watch it okay. that's it and we will be back next week with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desk so until then uh take care of yourselves love you mean it bye-bye bye